Um, if you have a Bible, uh, a physical Bible or an electronic one, um, could you just hold it in your hand real, real quick, please? I'm going to ask that we actually pray together and ask the Lord to give us, well, that was in my ears as well, um, to give us revelation from his word because we can go through the motions. A lot of believers, we go through the motions quickly, but it is the revelation that comes from the Holy Spirit that jumps on his word, that pierces the human heart, that changes the life. So can we ask him together? It's never about a person. It can be about a person speaking. It must remain about him. So can we do that quick? Lord, we lift up your word. Lord, your word is alive. It's not just this book. It's your word from heaven. Your word is alive. And we ask as a body, we ask as your sons and daughters, we ask as your children. Your word may pierce the heart, penetrate the life, go past what the mind can understand and enter into the spirit that we have within us. We ask this in your presence. Amen. Thank you. All right. So, good morning. How are you guys doing? Good? Yeah? You sound about, you sound pretty dull. But that's okay. Um, I'll try to be not Dell. This morning, I, I would, the Lord put it in my heart, we're coming up to Christmas, and it's an interesting season, Christmas, uh, as it has already been said, and um, I want to speak about Jesus Christ, and uh, people will say, well, well, duh, but I, I do, I just want to speak about Jesus, and um, for many reasons, but the Lord put this on my heart, I've shared some of this before here in other areas. I actually first shared a little bit of what I'm going to share today, a much simpler version. When I was asked to preach in the open air uh, in a like a tent meeting into the city, and uh, I asked the Lord, what do you want me to say to, you know, everyone really? And it was this, who is Jesus Christ? And I started to go down a path many years ago of trying to just write that down. And it was in this process that I was driving in a car one day and the Lord spoke to me in my head, like I heard it in my head. That's the best way I can explain it. And it was so extreme that I, I had to pull over. I started to cry really heavily. And he said this to me so clear in my heart. He said, why is it that my people get in, are more enamored with the tools I give to reveal me than they are with me myself? And in my mind, I saw first you know, creation, and then the law that he gave to, 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 the, to the Israelites, and then all the different things, and now it's gifts, and then signs, and whatever it is. And continually throughout history, you could see, I just, in that moment, you know, when it's like a thousand thoughts a second, and I just began to weep. And he said, why is it that my people always become enamored with what I give them to reveal me more than they become enamored with me? And it just broke my heart. And I've grown up in the church. I've seen truly the power of God. I've seen some amazing, crazy things. And, um, but I want to bring it back this morning to, to the Lord as we come to Christmas. And uh, to look at the bigger picture. Sometimes there's a lot going on in the world. Sometimes we need to zoom out, yeah? And just say, where are we actually? What is actually going on? So I want to do that this morning. Funny story, actually. I was preparing this this week. And I just finished writing something about Jesus. And uh, I get a text. I'd ordered Panera. 
and the gentleman's name was obviously Jesus. But I get a text, and I wrote something about Jesus, and I get a text that says, Jesus is on the way with your order. So, that was so easy. So let's do a, who knows what the, that's the statement bluff. Bottom line up front, I'm going to do that first. We won't get through all of this this week, but we've got two weeks, and then we're going to be taking a break. I, I think it was on the announcements. The two Sundays, Christmas and New Year's, we decided to take a break and give families a rest, give them a break. We try to do it every year, just the one. But this time we have the actual day of Christmas and actual day of New Year's. So we're going to take a break both Sundays. And we obviously go to any church you want. That's wonderful. You're welcome to come here, pray. I, I will not be here. Most of you will not be here, but I don't even know if it will be open. And that's on Christmas Day. But we will be having a Christmas Eve service. But we actually encourage you to spend time with your family and spend time at home and maybe spend time as a family with him and enjoy each other. It's kind of all over the Bible. Yeah? So, bluff, bottom line up front. Who is Jesus Christ? Very big question. The best person we can ask is him. Who did Jesus say that he was? That's what we're going to do today. Secondly, what did Jesus come to do? Very interesting. Again, what did Jesus say? That he came to do. What did he say about it? Why did he say that he came to the earth? And how did he do it? Big question. How did he do it? Well, he left the throne, Philippians 2. Everything I'm about to quickly read to you is, is straight out of Scripture. He left the throne, equality with God, Philippians 2. He humbled himself and came down in the likeness and image of a man, Romans 8. That's what it says. He, he had to be like us in order to be a substitutionary sacrifice for us. Otherwise, the integrity of God would have been out of place. That's what the scripture says. But he was of another kingdom. Born into this world by the Holy Spirit, according to the will of God. Every single one of those is a scripture. Actually, he said that. He lived a sinless life. There's many scriptures for that. He did what first Adam could not do. He never bowed to sin for a second because sin is how death entered, Romans 5. He never bowed to sin for one, for one second. He fulfilled the law of God completely, which was God's requirement for fellowship. He fulfilled what the prophets told about him. A lot of those were not even up to him. People had to do it to him. He had no say over the matter, and he did it all, fulfilled them all. He did not do his own will. If I was a mystic, which I'm not, but, you know, mystics, like we're super spiritual. If I was a totally mystic, not even a Christian, just a mystic, and I had to see Jesus as like some guru or some fancy teacher, which he's not, he's the king of kings. But if I had to see him that way, I would go through the scriptures in the New Testament and look at just his words and try to figure out what was his like spiritual secret. And I did that once from that mindset. And I saw two things come out again and again and again. He said them over and over and over. And yet I've never even heard a message on it. He said, I did not come to do my own will. And I do not speak my own words. He said those two things over and over and over. Like he got up in the morning, said today, Father, what is your will today? What are your words? I will do nothing else. And I will say nothing else. He could have. He said, I didn't come to do my will, but his will. Meaning... Could have. Then, 
He was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power, and he was punished while being innocent. That's how he did it. He was punished for something that he didn't do. That is a brief, how did he do this? And then, how does he do it today? Well, that's a good question, because if he is something taking off, oh, actually, airplane outside an airport, sometimes it's a, it's, a, it's a message beginning to take off. We hope. He's gained some flight. But if he's still doing it today, the question is, if he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, how he did it then means it's how he's doing it today. One caveat, he uses the church, his body, and the Holy Spirit. He sent the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Father, upon you and into you. That is how he does it. There is nothing, please hear me, there is nothing that happens that has eternal value, that lasts nothing in today's world unless it's done by the Holy Spirit. Nothing, 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 nothing. But sometimes it's so simple and practical and normal, we miss it. Sometimes we look for the fantastic instead of the real. But unless it's done by the Holy Spirit, even if, it's, if he uses the person, someone talking, someone doing something, or if he, just the power of God is released, Unless it is by the Holy Spirit, that is how he does it today, but I'm not talking about that, and I'm going to get distracted. But it is only by the Holy Spirit. It is only by the Holy Spirit that the world is convicted. The Bible says that in plain English. So, who is Jesus Christ? Can you turn, please, to Matthew chapter 16? Well-known verse, well-known scripture. Let's read together. Well, actually, you don't read out loud. That would be pretty interesting. Matthew 16, verse 13. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, so, so Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood. Just by the way, Simon Barjona, if you look at the original, is Simeon Barjona. And you know what it actually means if you break it up? Simeon means he who hears with acceptance. Jonah means dove. In their language, it was like Jesus saying, Blessed are you who hear with acceptance what the dove, that's the Holy Spirit, what the Holy Spirit has just said. Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell or Hades shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Every single one of those questions that I asked are bound up in just those few verses. Who is Jesus? What did he come to do? How did he do it? And how does he do it today? So, very quickly, the region of Caesarea Philippi, that was a region that was actually a Gentile area. It was named by Philip the Tetrarch, uh, Philippi, hence, you know, those kings, the name things after themselves. And uh, he was Herod the Great's son. But if you, this place, there was a massive rock facade, like a big rock platform 
where Jesus was actually standing. I'm going to show you some pictures in a minute, but let me go through this. In this place, in Jewish tradition and also in the book of Enoch, it's where it lists the rebellious angels gathering to descend on the daughters of men where the Nephilim come from in the days of Noah. In that place. It is, where the ter- it is also the, was the territory of Bashan, which is actually known as the place of the serpent. It says that in 1 Chronicles. Showing you that this place was known to be the most demonic, evil place in a sense in the whole place in history. It is the ancient site, the original site of Ashra and, and Baal worship. It is even then called Mount Baal Hermon in the scriptures, in Judges chapter 3. And what would happen is they would say that Baal and Asherah, which is, anyway, I won't get into that, Baal and Asherah, the, the wooden poles and totem poles and false goddesses and sexuality and false prophets and all that kind of stuff. They said those two gods would go into the cave. They said that the gates of hell was at this place. They would go in there and it would require human sacrifice every year to bring them out. So they were doing human sacrifice there. The, at the same place, earlier, uh, later on, the, to- the Ptolemaic kings built a cult center there in 300 BC. It's where the Greek god Pan was worshipped. They built a temple there to the god of Pan. And by the way, Pan, Panic is actually comes from that, Pan. It's the fear in the females about what he was going to do to them. That's where they get the word panic from. He was also known as the ruler of music. And he looked a lot like the Bible depicts Lucifer. He was a goat's body. I mean, a, a, yeah, goat's body of the hooves and the stuff. Man's head, goat's horns. That's the God of Pan. It is also, was also known by the Greeks as the gates of hell. I'll show you some quick pictures. Um, that's what it looks like today. That's a remnant. It actually wasn't a palace. That's a, it was a temple. And uh, next one. That's, you see that like dark place in the, like, in the cave? You see the cave? That was what they, they said was the, the gate of hell of the day. So when Jesus stands there and says, talks about the gates of hell and on this rock, he's actually using a pun. He's being extremely smart. But carry on. This is all the, the even Zeus, the god, the god of Zeus and all the, I mean, Zeus, the Greek god, and some other gods, all those etches in the rock, there were shrines. That's still there today. Go to the next one. That's the cave. Next one. That's an artist's depiction, which right now stands outside that place about what it looked like in the day. On the left, where Philip built his like temple into the gates of hell and uh, the, the, the temple to the god of Pan. So interesting place. I don't want to get into that now. Kind of interesting place. Jesus goes way out of his way. It wasn't where he was going. It was, he goes there and he goes there and he goes and stands there and says, there, who do people say that I am? It's the cafeteria of spiritual options. That's what it's going on in that place. It's like that. Pick one, pick a God, pick someone to worship. Very interesting. And if you read the other texts in the Gospels, it's like it actually says that they were coming along. And so you probably started to talk to them as they were coming close to it. Who do people say that I am? And they answered, what did they say? Some say John the Baptist, Elijah, Jeremiah, one of the prophets. They answered like that because in Mark chapter 6, Herod heard about this Jesus who was doing great miracles, signs, and wonders. And you know what he said? He said it's, uh, the, he had just beheaded John the Baptist. He said, it's John the Baptist come back from the dead. And because he's come back from the dead, 
He has strange powers. What? A lot of the Jews said, no, it's Elijah, you know, because God didn't take Elijah. So, like, I don't know, maybe God put him on ice. I don't know. I mean, God didn't kill Elijah. Elijah just went straight up. So maybe it's Elijah. They had all these reasoning. So they started to, to say. And if they knew, it means it was traveling around. Everyone was talking about it. Yeah? Much the same today. But then Jesus turns and he makes it personal. And he says, who do you say that I am? And I ask you today, who do you say that he is? It's a big question. Who do you say that he is? Especially in this season. It's a question that I believe has rung down through the ages. It's also a question that I believe comes to every human heart. And that no person, no matter how they answer that question, even if they don't believe, the rich young ruler, it says when he left, he departed with sadness in his heart. It will affect every person emotionally, that question. And every person will face that question. Who is Jesus Christ? Every person. That's what the Bible says. So, who did Jesus say that he was? You know, we're going to read this list. I'm going to go into, there's about 20. I read the book of John this week just to physically read it again and go through it. There's about, I found over 40 things. Now, I've done the study before, but I wanted to do it fresh because I don't know what that is making that noise. uh, My wife tells me, don't bring attention to it. What noise? That's what you're supposed to say. What noise? But there's so many things. Now, but please understand, we, if you've grown up in the church, if you're sitting here, some of you probably grew up in the church, and we go through this, oh, it's the I am's of Jesus, so it's this, so it's that. And it's not like, it doesn't have any impact. It's just some little theological list. Oh, this, this, this. I'm the bread of life. I'm the resurrection. I'm, and we just go through it. But I'm going to try to give this to you today very quickly about what Jesus said about himself as they would have heard it then with normal language. So, we're only going to go through 20, but we need to see it. We need to see it. So, who did Jesus actually say that he was? Who did he himself say? First thing, he called himself the Son of Man. It was his most favorite thing. It's what he referred to as himself constantly. Now, growing up in the church, I just used to think it was about his humanity. The Semitic word, all the Semitic languages, the word used there or the phrase used there means a human being. But it is actually something that comes from Daniel chapter 7, which you can read. He says this, I was watching in the night visions and behold, one like the Son of Man. Coming with the clouds of heaven, he came to the ancient of days and and they brought him before him. Then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, the one which shall never be destroyed. Now, Hebrew scholars, they knew this is talking about the Messiah. They didn't fully understand it. They even admitted that. If you go read some old writings, this is talking about the Messiah. So the the phrase son of man became a, a normal thing in rabbinical, son of man, son of man. Jesus comes along and says, I am the son of man. But he doesn't only say that. He says in John 3, look at this. He says, 
talking to Nicodemus, a teacher of Israel, Jesus answered to him and said, Are you the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak. Now it's only Jesus speaking. We. Hello. The Holy Spirit. God the Father. Jesus Christ. And those who testified, like John the Baptist. Jesus speaking by himself. He's not crazy. We speak what we know and testify what we have seen. And you do not receive our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is the son of man. And he said, I, that son of man, that's me. And what you didn't even know was that the son of man comes from heaven. Now, this is something that a modern day Christian, that we don't think about what they didn't understand back then. No one had ever claimed in history to come from heaven, ever, ever. There was no writings they had. There was nothing that told them that the Messiah would come from heaven. The Bible has some points to it in the Old Testament, but they didn't see it. And he said, yes, I am the son of man. And not only that, I actually come from heaven. No one had ever thought that up. No one had ever thought about that. Never entered a person's mind. Like what? And he says, now I've come. Think about that. They didn't know that. Even the rabbis, they couldn't see it. Go read. Go, go study. You'll see what I'm saying. It's true. So he says, I'm that guy. But let me tell you about that guy. He's not from here. Didn't know that. Secondly, Jesus claimed, we're going to look into the first three a little longer, then we'll just read the rest. Jesus claimed to be God's physical, unique son and only son. And that God was his father and that he was sent from his father. Again, not something that they would have thought up. In the Old Testament, in two places, it actually says Israel is God's son. They had no thought, no concept, no reference to the fact that God actually has a son. Can you see why they were like, whoa. We look back. Hello, is this making sense? We look back and we're like, well, yes, 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 yes. Well, I grew up in children's church. That's not how they heard it. He made claims that no one had ever thought of. He said, God is my father. Let's read it. It's actually the reason they wanted to kill him. John 5. For this reason, the Jews persecuted Jesus and sought to kill him because he had done these things on the Sabbath that he healed someone. But Jesus answered them, my father has been working until now and I have been working. Therefore, the Jews sought all the more to kill him because he not only broke the Sabbath. Sometimes they would refer to God as their father in general, but obviously what he did, and they would know it from the language and how he said it, that he was saying, no, God is literally my physical father. And I'm his only son. And it says here, but um, because he not only broke the Sabbath, but also that God said that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Jesus claimed that. Thirdly, Jesus came to fulfill the law and the prophets. Matthew 5, 17. You know that Jesus was the one who revealed to humanity, to the Jews specifically, but to humanity, 
that this was even a thing that could be done? Another thing they had never thought about, never put it together, never conceived it. What do you mean you can fulfill the law? The law was become their hero. Moses was everything to them. And here comes someone saying, listen, I'm the son of man. I've actually come to fulfill the law. What do you mean fulfill? God gave us the law. What do you mean? Jesus was not some insane person. No person could have thought of that. Could even think that up as this is something that needs to happen. It's actually Isaiah 64. Isaiah even said to them, Isaiah 64, rend the heavens and come down. And he says, when he came down and did awesome things for which we did not even look for. Isaiah said, there's something coming. Behold, there's something coming. I do a new thing. Can you not perceive it? He kept saying, there's something coming. It's not something we're going to think about. We're not even going to see it. And then when it happened, they're like, not that. The law and the prophets. Jesus even said this. How's this? Luke 16. The law and the prophets were until John, meaning John the Baptist. Since that time, the kingdom of God has been preached and everyone is pressing into it. He literally divided, saying, this is how heaven sees it. The law and the prophets were until this time. The son of man comes and now it's about the kingdom. No one ever before said that. No one ever pointed to that. That was even a thing that would happen. <laughs> Number four, Jesus claimed to be the very substance. Literally, go read John 5. The very substance of the writings of Moses. And that scriptures were all testifying to him, not him to the scripture. Imagine saying that and then doing the miraculous power to show that you're not lying. Saying that to the Pharisees. Literally said that and go, John, John 5, read. the writings of Moses were about me. It's just the Torah. Jesus said, number five, that God the Father had committed all judgment to him and that he is to be honored with God the Father. You can go read it. John 5, 19. Then Jesus answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do. For whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. For the father loves the son and shows him all things and that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than these that you may marvel. For as the father raises the dead and gives life to them, even the son gives life to whom he will. Whoa. They'd never heard that before. For the Father judges no one. How's that? Good to know. But has committed all judgment to the Son, that all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. So much for I believe in God, but I'm not so sure about Jesus. Jesus, number six said he was the giver of eternal life too many times to count. He said it over and over and over. And that life itself, the source of life, the origin of life was contained within him. Imagine saying that. John 5, for as the father has life in himself, so he has granted the son to have life in himself. And then he said, I have come to give that life to you. John 10, that's why I've come. 
Number seven, Jesus claimed that he came to save humanity and the earth, physical earth. And that without him, no one can come to God. No one can know God, not a one. Jesus said that. There's the scriptures. Jesus claimed he came from heaven, was made like us, but was from a different source. He literally said, you are from beneath. I am from above. That's what Jesus said. Number nine, Jesus claimed to be the only one to know God's eternal will and came to reveal that will to us and show us what that looks like in a life lived. He is the only one to ever claim, I know the will of God, Yahweh. I know it. This is what it looks like. No one ever, ever said that before. Jesus said the words he spoke were spirit and they were life. And he said things never before said or thought up by anyone in history. Like, for example, the prophets being fulfilled. Like the need to be born again. No one ever thought of that before Jesus. No one. No one ever thought that that was a thing. What do you mean born again? Even the teacher of Israel, you mean I got to go back in my mother's room? He's like, no, dude. That's not what I mean. <clears throat> like loving your enemy. <coughs> Excuse me. He said that it was belief that would either free us or condemn us. Belief, not the law, belief. No one ever said that. No one ever said that. He said that he would send the Holy Spirit, which they understood as the Spirit of God, to live inside of you. And if you follow him, he will teach you to cause that Spirit to flow from your belly like a river. That's what he said. That word belly in the Greek is actually the word womb. He's saying, if you follow me, some things will be birthed within you. And sometimes it's painful, but then that life will flow from you. From you. What do you mean from us? From you. The ordinary man. The ordinary woman. And he backed up what he said with never before seen miraculous signs, wonders, and power. Even hardened Roman soldiers, and, I'm talk- and I don't want to get into it, but you can look into it, how hard Roman soldiers were, what they had to do, what they had seen. And when they were sent to go get Jesus, they came back. And the reason they couldn't, because they said, because he said, my words are spirit and life. They came back and they said, never a man spoke like that man. These hard soldiers couldn't, never a man spoke like that. Because life came out of it. Number 11, Jesus claimed it was he who had the authority to extend power and authority to other people, which he did. Never before on the earth, ever had there been more than one, like one prophet, one, never before had there been more than one, maybe two people, multiple people at the same time, in the same place, seeing signs, wonders, and miracles through their hands. Never. Nowhere in history. No way. Jesus said, I can do that. Watch this. Jesus said that he was the light of the world. And through belief in him, that you will have that light within you, and you will become a light in the world. And then he will put his life inside of you, and that's what causes you to shine. I mean, who can think that up unless you made it all? Jesus said that he never sinned. You know that he said that? He challenged them. I challenge you. Which of you has ever seen me sin? I can't say that. My wife's sitting there. She'll be like, 
I know. What, do you want it all in the last week? Do you want a list? Which of you has ever seen me sin? And then he alone, the son of man, that no one but him had been given authority to forgive sin and even take it out of a human heart. No one had ever said that before. Can I tell you this? This is fascinating. They were not looking for an answer to sin. You know that? To them, that was not the problem. The sin, for the sin issue, they were given the law. They were given the law. The law dealt with the sin. Jesus comes along and says, guys, it's not about political power and freedom. That's what they were looking for. He said, the issue is sin. They're like, sin? No, we got the law. It was Jesus Christ who revealed to humanity what is wrong with the world today. What is wrong with the human condition? Why is there problems? Why are there fights? Why are there wars? Why do we bicker? Why? do Why? Sin. No one ever thought of that. To us, looking back, we're like, well, it's obvious. They were like, but he gave us the law. We just got to go do a bunch of stuff and then we're fine. Just making sense. Jesus Christ came to reveal to the world what is wrong with it. And then to fix it. Number 14, Jesus said he had the power over death. Number 15, Jesus said he was immortal. Whoa. He said that he was before Abraham and that he existed with God before the world was. Go read John 17. Jesus said that his sheep would hear his voice. Jesus said that he would die at the hands of men after three days rise again, and then he did it. Jesus said, Jesus claimed to be a king, the king, and that the kingdom that is his is not of this world, and he has the authority to command the holy angels. Jesus said he was going to the Father, then he would come back, and he even said what would be happening on the earth at the time. Jesus said, that all of this that he was doing and all that was happening was because of the way God loves you. Those are what those are the things Jesus said. No one ever claimed any of that. The birth of Jesus changed how we do tithe. Changed everything. The birth of Jesus. The baptism of Jesus, it says when he was baptized, it says the heavens were open says the clouds parted, meaning the people there saw clouds go that way and that way, impossible in weather. And it says heaven was open, meaning there was a spiritual reality that had to be dealt with there before he could do what he had to do here. And can I tell you, it's never closed. His birth changed everything. His baptism tore open the heavens. It's actually the fulfillment of Isaiah 64, rend the heavens. His death released life. The life that was in him, it's like the rock that was struck. That was the prophetic thing. When he was struck, life came out of him. And his death released the life in him to all the world. The temple was, the curtain was torn. Life came out of him. And his resurrection gave him the ability to put that life in you. No, no man, no false god, false religion, no other god, no other guru, nobody ever claimed any of this. 
They would have not even thought to do it. Never entered the mind of a man to say that stuff. And then he did it. It's Jesus. He lives to intercede for you. Bible says. Bible says that he is your advocate. Bible says that he was the one who revealed what was wrong to the world. He raised the dead and cast out demons. healed the sick. Cleansed lepers. He treated the poor like they've never been treated. Treated women like they've never been treated. He killed death and buried the grave. Jesus Christ. You know, the Bible says he's seated now. He's alive. And that he's seated at the right hand of the Father with eyes like fire and hair like lightning. And I ask you today, who do you say that Jesus Who is he to you? Savior? Who is Jesus Christ? The question literally rings down through the ages. Who is Jesus? So, the Lord asked that question today. Who do you say that I am? The church needs, uh, that's just some of the things he said. There was more. There's over 40 just in one book. The church needs a fresh revelation of who is Jesus Christ, not what he can do. Who is he? It was that that propelled the early church. Who do you say that I am? You know, you can take any one of those things that I threw up there, any one of them, and go and study them. And say, go to the Bible. Say, Lord, what does this mean? What does this mean for me? Just being vulnerable. That's what I've done. That's what I do. I go and I say, God, yes, okay, I get it. I was told that. But what does it mean? How do I speak this to people? You know why? Because the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, the Holy Spirit will teach you to speak spiritual things. Because I can read this list. You, anyone can go and read it, but, but it has no impartation power. The Holy Spirit can put it into your heart that when you speak it, it, it happens. For the ordinary person, for you. And Jesus asked this question to Peter, I believe, to set him up for revelation. Who do, who do you say that I am? I wasn't trying to catch him. Saying, who do you say that I am, Peter? And he says, you are the Christ. The question opened the heart for revelation. Practically, very quickly, we need to know who he is, where we are standing. Why do I say that? They were standing in the most wicked, evil, demonic-filled, pagan worship, human sacrifice place in history. We need to know in the day that we are standing. Where are you standing? In what circumstance are you? Sometimes it's rescue me, Jesus. But he asks you in that situation, in that place, who do you say that I am? Because the answer positions you for breakthrough. Or positions you to, rev to have revealed to you that's actually the issue. I see my circumstances above you. 
do you say that he is? Where are you standing? In what situation? How dark? How lonely maybe? How terrible? Things you've done, things done to you. doesn't matter where you stand. Jesus wanted people to know there is no darkness, evil, wickedness, violence, terrible thing that can happen on the earth that can stop the revelation of Jesus Christ piercing the human heart. Some of you know people, they're that person in your family, that addict, that atheist, that they're like beyond, wrong. They're not. Nothing can stop that truth. Nothing. And you can pray this thing for that person. Say, God, show them who you are. Reveal Jesus to them. Reveal Jesus. Because what is the other thing we see? That it must be by revelation. Peter had been walking with Jesus for about two years at this point. Think about this. Seeing the miracles, the sign, hearing him every day. Son of man, son of man, son of man. People ask Peter, who's he? Oh, he's the son of man. What does he mean? I oh, know he's the son of man. That's what he said. Every day, every day, every day. Like people going to church, go to church, go to church, go. Who's Jesus? Oh, he forgave our sins. Every Until revelation. Then Peter's answer was different. He's Christ. He's God's son. Don't you get it? Don't you see? Look what he, everything changes. But he's been saved in a sense for two years. Walking with Jesus every day. But it still requires revelation. Blessed are you. Or the one who hears with acceptance what the dove says to you. Amidst it all, it's fascinating to me. Amidst all that's going on in the world today, think about it, where good is held up as evil, where things as simple as a man and a woman are being questioned, where common sense is gone, where children have become the focus of attack. I mean, I can go through a list. It's not hard to find something wrong. Everyone's panicking. Everyone's, but amidst all of that, he asks not the people they're worshiping, not the world. Hey, who do you say that I am? Hey, hey, you worshiping Zeus. Hey, come on. Doesn't say that. He asks his disciples. Who do you say that I am? Amidst all the stuff going on. Didn't ask the world. He asked his people. Who do you say that I am? Why? Because he knows something. Who you know Jesus to be by revelation here is who you will tell the world that he is. Not what you taught, not what you learn in church, not what you learn in children. Who you know here, who is Jesus Christ? Who you know here, that's what you will tell other people. That's who you will tell people that Jesus is, not what you taught, not what you studied, unless the Holy Spirit jumps on the study and Secondly, we need to know who he is, where we are standing, but also to know who we are. You cannot actually know who you are. And I'm talking about your new creation identity. You, you are a new creation in Christ. You cannot fully come to understand that without first knowing in your heart who Jesus, the true Jesus, who he really is. He said, and also I say to you, he said, okay, that's who I am. Well done. Hey, you got it right. But now I say to you, you are Peter. You've seen me. Now I'm going to tell you who you are. Same thing happened to Isaiah. Oh, you know, sees 
the Lord and I see the train of his robe fills the temple. Then he understands who he is. I'm a man of unclean lips. Same thing happened to Peter in the boat. He sees Jesus do a miracle. He falls down. Depart from me. Every time there's a little revelation of who Jesus is, suddenly we see ourselves in a different light. But Jesus here reveals not the old man, the new man. You are Peter. He says, you want, that's who I am. This is who you are. Identity. Purpose. Every single person here has a purpose in this life. And it's not just to make money, make enough money so you can retire early and then give some of that money to your children so they can do the same. And then they can make enough money so they can die and then give it to their children so they can do the same. Really? He says, you are Peter. And this one sentence has caused problems for centuries. It, it amazes me. Why? Well, Peter is not the rock. And that has been a big issue, which I won't get into now. I'll just say very quickly. The word Peter is Petros, a stone or rock. You are the, but I will, on the rock I will build my church. That's Petra. In the Hebrew, it's more clear. Peter is the word Eben, rock or stone. The word build in the Hebrew is Ebenah. He's actually saying, you are, I read it this, you are Eben. You are the small stone, Peter, that comes from a piece of the whole. But on the whole, I will Ebenah, I will build. I will make something out of lots of little stones. And people have got that confused. But who better to ask than Peter himself, how he understood it, just to settle this issue? What better to confirm scripture than scripture? What did Peter say? He understood it this way. Later in his life, he writes this. Coming to him as a living stone, 1 Peter 2 verse 4, as a living stone rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also as living stones are being built up into a spiritual house. Well, that's how Peter understood it. See, the rock is not Peter. People said that it was, and now a man became the head of the church. Wrong. The rock is not confession. People said that it was, and now what I can do became the head of the church. And salvation came down to a little, just come to the front, just come quickly to the front, just repeat after me. You say, it came down to a little statement, cheapened it. No, it requires the Holy Spirit to penetrate a human heart. The rock has always been Jesus. It's Jesus. And the revelation of who Jesus is, to be more precise, that's the church. That's the rock. Him. That's what he's building on. If the church loses the revelation of who he is, and it sounds simple, they're like, what do you say? What do you mean who he is? Ask him. Go take anything that he said about himself. Say, Jesus, show me. Put it in me. You watch what happens. You become less enamored with gifts, with prophecy, even with miracles. I say this deeply in my heart. The most humbling thing that can happen to you is if God used you for something in someone else. First time I prayed for a person and saw them healed, felt it move under my hand. You walk away from that thinking, What? Because you know what you're like at home. You are, you, you actually are humble. When you prophesy something and it's true and it comes to pass, and we, we get so enamored with it. And that's okay. To, you, we need to study it to a degree to understand. 
but it's always Jesus, the person. Jesus has to be Jesus. It's always been Jesus. And when we go off of that, we start partnering with Jesus, building the church, but in a little bit of a wrong way. Just a little bit. But I do believe that he wants to release power and signs and wonders in the coming days like not before. What is your purpose in this world? I encourage you, you need to hear it from the Lord. Sometimes just who you are. When he speaks to you about who you are. When he tells you he loves you. When his voice in your heart, his voice in your life. Because you have a revelation, a little bit, a little bit of who Jesus is. When he speaks to you, that's what brings strength, hope, belief. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I'm with you. Less warfare, more worship. Because you've seen the sun. Thirdly, we'll do this next week. We need to know who he is. Because it's the foundation that Jesus is building. The church that Jesus is building is built on the foundation of who he is. Not even what he's done, who he is. What he's done will come and go away. In the, in the age to come, who he is will always be. And he's building a church that the gates of hell will not prevail. I would suggest, and I include myself, that the church has lost the revelation of who this great king of glory is. Because if they hadn't, the hell, the Hades, would not be prevailing against God's people. The church he has built is built on the revelation of Jesus Christ. And it's partnership. Partnership by the Holy Spirit that he wants to put upon you and in you. And then all things are possible. Only with Jesus does an ordinary person get to receive the very Spirit of God and partner to build an unseen church, something in the unseen realm. Only with Jesus does a person get to be used to bring salvation to another that changes eternal things. Only Jesus. Only Jesus. I trust today uh, just a simple hunger, if anything. I hope I did not confuse you. Hunger put in your heart. I must know Jesus. I must come to know this. I'm saved. I'm a Christian. I know him in a sense. But I, I want to know him. Because it's always been him. The Bible says all the treasures of wisdom and the knowledge are contained in him. The Bible says that he was before all things. In him all things consist, that he holds all things together by the power of his word. And we stand. See what happens. 
give you one little quick thing. The Bible, Jesus said, the Son of Man, all judgment has been given to the Son of Man. You know that this is how I've prayed often for issues within my own life, issues that I'm struggling to overcome, issues whether it's offense, bitterness, even a sickness or whatever. Because, why? Not because I'm good or you're great, because the Son of Man, who was Jesus Christ, is the one who delivers judgment. You can actually stand before him by yourself with your spouse and you can bring up an issue. We always see judgment as a bad thing. No, he's your advocate in the high court of heaven. He fights for you. You can actually bring up something and say, you, Jesus, deliver judgment on this. Watch that situation change. Watch your body come right. Watch your mind begin to shift. Because it's only him that can do it. Does it through the power of the Holy Spirit? Let me open our hands for one moment if you can. Jesus, we thank you for this evening. And we pray that who you are becomes real again to our own heart. To this church, to many churches, to your people. Who is Jesus Christ? And then what did you come to do, Lord? That next week, but what did you come to do? How did you do it, Lord? How do you do it today? You have called us to this generation, Lord, at this time on the earth, you have placed us here with all that is happening. I ask simply one thing, Lord help us to live in. Response to you and not reaction to the world. Help us to live in response to who you are, not in reaction to politics. Help us live in response to who you are and not in reaction to darkness. They don't deserve the focus that we should give to them. Holy Spirit, I pray. Bring revelation. Just ask him. Just take a moment. I know we, we're ending, but I don't want to rush off. Just take a moment. Ask him. Any one of those things that I listed or something else, it penetrates the heart. Jesus, reveal yourself to me in a greater way. Jesus, reveal yourself to me. Jesus, you are the one who gives the Holy Spirit. I pray, Jesus, give me the Holy Spirit in a fresh way. Ask Him. Take a moment. Don't be shy. He wants to give to you. He does. He wants to bless you. It is His desire. He was the one who said, Do not fear, little children. It is my Father's good delight to give you the kingdom. He wants to put kingdom realities in your heart and in your hands. There's little moments like these that actually something supernatural can take place and often we don't even realize it. We see it later. Ask him. It's okay if you're thinking about what you want for lunch. Just push that aside. Just ask him. Holy Spirit, reveal Jesus to us. Reveal Jesus to me. Make it real, Lord. 
make it real. Not cliche, not churchy, real. Show me who you are, Lord. Deliver judgment upon my circumstances. Just ask him. Thank you, Lord. You're sick this morning, just lay your hand on your part of your body, unless it's private. Then just lay your hand on yourself, just real quick. Holy Spirit, I thank you that the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, gave stripes, was beaten at the whooping post so that we could be healed. In the name of Jesus, we place sickness to bodies, be healed. People be free. Not because of even our faith, but because of the stripes of Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, we pray, come and do what only you can do. And we give the glory to Jesus. One more. Think of a person. That person that you say there's no possible way. That person that you say way beyond. Have their name in your mouth real quick. Lift that person. Say, Lord, I lift this person up to you. Mine, I know someone by the name of Chris. Whoever it is to you, Father, we lift him up. Lord, there is, there is nothing that can stop your truth from penetrating that heart. Not a what? No demon, no darkness, no disease, no nothing. Nothing. So lift him up. Say, Lord, grab a hold of him. Grab a hold of him. Snatch the affection. Snatch the attention. Get angry with it at home if you have to. You won't scare Jesus. He's fine. He's doing fine. Lord, we lift these, these ones up to you. You created them. You know them better than you know themselves. We speak redemption over them. And the revelation of who you are. Pierce the heart. In Jesus' name. Amen. Bless you all. Thanks, Jeff.